Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. Jesus is here and it's amazing. Isn't it just amazing? Is it okay if I just start off with a couple of old songs that are older than me, which is a miracle? (laughs) We we have loved the Bradleys for longer than I can remember, and they are such Christians. And in a world that is full of people that are trying to mimic the Christian way, it's so beautiful to find people that are real and true and authentic. And that's the Bradleys. That's their family. They're beautiful daughters. And, and honestly, uh, I know my husband will have some things to say, but just my two cents, we feel so honored and so privileged to walk into this beautiful sanctuary, to be with all of you, to worship God. That's why we're here, is to worship him and love him. And so just open your hearts. And uh, I think, I think we'll sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Can you lift your hands and sing it again? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of the darkness, pour out your power and love, holy, 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 to see you high and lifted up, shining like the
with me. Holy, 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 I want to see you. Sing it again. Holy, holy, holy. That's right. Sing it out. glory. Come on, this is an old one, you guys. Where the souls of men shall enter wrong forevermore, everybody will be happy. Sister Bradley, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, we'll be singing round the throne in that land where no one ever knows a care. And the Christians of all ages will join in the triumphs of everybody. forget where we're on the song and we'll praise his name forever sing that with me and we'll praise his name forever and we'll praise his name forever say it again praise his name forever as we look upon him. 
Hallelujah. So let us labor for the master from the dawn till set of sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. And when all this life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, Let us labor for the master from the dawn till set of sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all this life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up beyond, say it again, and the roll is, say it again, and the roll is I'll be there. Why don't you clap your hands and thank God, thank God, thank God that we will be there. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can But the blood of Jesus, oh, precious, beautiful, that makes me white as no other. Hallelujah, nothing but the This is all my hope and peace, nothing. This is all my right, hallelujah. to see him look upon 
on his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last One more time, clap your hands to the good God that we serve and love. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire on darkest nights. You are close. as a father known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been of the goodness of God. Right now we're going to pause and we're just going to worship Him because we really know this is true. There have been some darkest days in my life. I did not know how I would live through it. But it was His goodness. It was His goodness. His love poured out that brought healing in my brokenness. It never gives up on us. You know that, right? The Savior, the lover of our souls, never gives up on us. His goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after Running after me With my life laid down I surrender now I give you everything Your goodness is running after Running after me Say it again With my life laid down I surrender now I give you everything Your goodness is after me because all my life you have been faithful sing it with me all my life you have been so
that chorus one more, one more time. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness. Yes, I will. I will sing of the goodness. Can you just worship him right now? We worship you. Open your mouth and say, I worship you. I worship you. You are God of my life. You are everything. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my heartbreak. I surrender the confusion. I surrender the chaos. I give it to you and I worship you and I build an altar to you, oh God. I build an altar of my disappointments. I build an altar from my sorrows. I build an altar and I worship you because you are faithful to me. Now we're almost at Christmas. Are you guys okay standing or you want to sit? What do you want to do? <laughs> Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. guys this is history this is the narrative that really happened shepherds way it isn't just a story at the sight the holy god of israel was born glory
have never failed me. Sing it again. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. me like Jesus hand or your husband's hand or somebody and say there's nobody in the world like Jesus that's right say it to your neighbor (laughs) you may be seated These these pedals always run away from me I want to sing a song. Is it okay if I do one more, guys? Um, I'm going to sing something that I just wrote after uh, the announcements. Pastor, after you get done, I'm going to sing something I just wrote. But I wanted to sing one more Christmas song that I've written. It's called Star of Bethlehem. Is that okay, guys? man thought as they sought for you through dry desert lands and valleys low now we know you are the star we're still seeking and meeting in our hearts star strong 
appropriate we pray that you would lead us Turkish. I was in Istanbul this past August and in a church service, underground of course, but we were in a church service and they taught me how to sing this in Turkish. But I wanted to tell this story about how that God works in such providential and provisional ways. We were doing a wedding in Boston and we could not find one car to rent for the whole weekend. We tried every dealership. 
The only thing I found was a Bentley, and it was $2,500 for two days. And I asked my husband, could we do that? He said, baby, you've lost your mind. Absolutely not. <laughs> I just wanted to drive a Bentley one time in my life. Come on. Anyway, so we decided we would take Uber. So the first drive from uh, the Boston airport, we took an Uber, and this man, I was talking to him, and it was obvious he was a Muslim man, very, very beautiful man, and we were talking to him. And uh, I said, I know a song in Turkish. And he said, you do? And I said, yeah, you want me to sing it? And I started singing. Uber filled with the presence of the Almighty God. And I looked up into his mirror and he had tears in his eyes. And when we got to where we were going and I got out of the car, I said, I said his name and I said, I would like to bless you. And he said, I want your blessing. And he gave me his hands and he put his forehead on the top of my hands and wept as I prayed a blessing over him in the name of Jesus. That name breaks down every wall, every cultural wall. Hallelujah.
guys know Tasha Cobb's song, Unforgiven? Does anybody know that? Oh, it's the coolest ever. Can you put the chorus up there, you guys? Uh, let's see, it goes. Um. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my skin. to the Lord. Okay, you may be seated. I'm going to just sing this song that I just wrote. Look at it. It's so pitiful. It's everywhere. I don't even know if, if it's done, but I'm going to just sing it for now. Is that okay, everybody? Are you sick of me? No. I hope not because I adore you all and I want to adopt you all. It's part of my family. It's so funny, you guys, but I keep falling off this bench. So I'm not, I'm not sure what is happening, but it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the way I'm sitting on How about if I turn it around? There you go. Oh, that's better. <laughs> okay. All right. We're good now. All right. Let me see. We get the right key. I think I'll use this pedal.
all of my hope and all my trust. I have put it in you, Lord, and I'm trusting you more than I ever have before, more than ever, ever before. So when my life can't find a reason for the pain in this sorrow season, I will build an altar and I'll worship you. I will build an altar. I will build an altar. I will build an altar and I worship you. I will build an altar. I will build an altar. I will build an altar and I will worship you. You are able to prepare a table filled with your loving kindness and so I can live abundantly. That you are able to build a table filled with your forgiveness and your faithfulness to me. I will build an altar. I will build an altar. I will build an altar and I will worship you. I will build an altar. I will build an altar. I will build an altar and you. I will, I will. I will, I will. Yes, I will. I will worship you. you guys. Wow. I feel the presence of God in the house today. Don't you feel the Lord? So, so good to be here. So good to be here. Amen. You may be seated. Now, let me talk a little bit about the Bradleys. Yes, tell us. Is that okay with everyone? Yes. They are amazing pastors. I, I, I love the spirit. A church always takes on the spirit of their right. shepherd or their pastor, and I, I feel that, yes. that love that comes from this guy Amazing. to you and you to us. I mean, there's love in this house, and I, I really, really appreciate what I feel. Now, what about these Bradley girls? What about Jessica? What about Renee? There, there is an Irish group that I've followed for many, many years. They're called the Corps. 
and they're one, they're like uh, three sisters and a brother, and one of the sisters plays the drums. And when I saw Jessica playing the drums, I, I kind of had a flashback to the chorus because she did a brilliant job on on the drums. So so good, so good. And then of course all the multimedia, Renee. Wow, you're doing wow. a great job, girl. Good job, good job. Great job. Awesome. And what I can't figure out, I've been trying to to try to figure this out, but beautiful women like this and not married? I mean, it, it, of course, I realize that God has to bring the special person, the special guy. And he will. He will for both of them. And... So when they do get married, I want to be here for both weddings, okay? So put, 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 me, on, put me on the list. I, I, I want to be here for both of the weddings because these girls are very, very special. Of course, we have traveled the fellowship for many, many years. And I'm, I'm just telling you, it's very hard to find spiritual women like this and talented women, plus they love God. They're, they're rare. They're rare in the UPC. They're rare. And so what I'm trying to say is you as a body of believers are very fortunate to have leadership like what you have in this church. This is the finest of the finest of the finest. And, and so I, I'm just really, really thrilled that we are here. What a, what a great blessing. And I, I concur with my wife. It, it's our honor to be here. It's our honor to be able to minister to you because you are a special group of people. A little background about this guy. For 38 plus years, we pastored a church in the San Francisco Bay Area. God blessed us over the years. We actually bought three different buildings while we were in the Bay Area. God blessed us tremendously. And when we, I, I, I don't say retired, when I transitioned two and a half years ago, we left behind an $11 million building that was paid for on 101 and it's a it's a it's a beautiful building but God I'm, I'm trying to say God has blessed us it's not bragging because it's the blessings of God that's been upon my wife and I over the years and of course we we have we have three daughters and a son we have get this we have 15 grandchildren 15 do you realize how broke I am because Nanny, the only way Nanny does life, Nanny Bones, the way she does life, it's wide open. We, we, we have nothing because we give everything away. And I, I, it just, that, I guess that's the way to live life, right? Open-handed. Don't be tight. Whatever you do, don't, don't be tight. The kingdom of God needs your support. Give to the work of God and God will bless you. I, I, I learned this from my mother. My mother... Uh, we came to the Lord in San Jose, California, and my, my mother, uh, she was a, a giver. And so during the course of her lifetime, she bought 38 brand new vehicles for people. Single mothers and, and people that she had a burden for. One time I said, Mom, how do you know who to give to? She would say, it's simple. Whoever the Lord brushes by me. Whatever that means. Whatever, you know, whoever brushes by me, that's who I give to. And, of course, she was responsible for purchasing four church buildings all over the UPC. So she was a giver. 
but I learned that blessing from her. She said, 10%, that's just required. She said, where I get my blessing is then after the 10%, she would give 40% back to the kingdom of God. You can't outgive God. If you're wrestling, if you're wrestling with that, let, let, me, let me put that, that baby to bed and, and put that baby to rest. It is the will of God for you to tithe and support. And I don't know why in the world I'm saying this today. I wasn't called here to do that. Nan said, I, I wish you wouldn't. But when you give to the kingdom of God, God blesses you in return. You, 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 you can't. And my, my home pastor, my home pastor, Papa Shoemake, we used to always say this, you can't outgive God. So the more you invest, and here, here's another way you can invest in the kingdom of God. Everyone here needs to be teaching somebody a life study. You need to be teaching somebody the word of God. Because when you do that, God will bless you. you say, I'm not qualified. None of us are qualified no. to teach. But when you teach somebody the word of God, God will bless you. Yes. He will bless you tremendously. And what's really cool is you'll love doing it. When you win your first person of the Lord and they're sitting beside you in this church, it is so exciting to win somebody to the Lord. Yes. And, and, and you, never, you never outgrow that. In fact, our seniors here, we give honor to our seniors in this service today. I met one of them, and he's got great cowboy boots on. I love this guy from the minute I met him. And, and our, our seniors are what gives us stability. Don't ever disregard these seniors in your church because they are the foundation that keeps this thing going. We need the new, but we also have to have the old. We have to have that in our churches because, and then I met Brother Bradley's mother. Man, I, I fell in love with her immediately. In fact, I want to take her on as my mother too since my mother's passed. You know, since my mother's not around anymore, I'd, I'd love to take her on as my mother because I, I felt that, I felt that stability and that strength. And I, and I realized why this guy is so great. It's because of the woman sitting right there. And oh, I know. I, I've fallen in love with her. Yes, yes. Yes, Sister Bradley, I fell in love with her. She is just the real deal. We were at Sister Pam Butler's Celebration of Life, and we were there, and, and, and she saw me. Sister Bradley saw me, and she came over and gave me the biggest hug. And I, I just, I, I loved it, because we all need hugs. Yes, we do. You know, it, it, it's, it's a godly thing. It's, it's not anything, it, it's, it's, it's good. So I just, I've been blessed by the fact how much she loves me, Sister Bradley. I've been blessed by that because she's the real deal. She really is. Okay. Forgive me. Enough said, huh? Turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, to Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. And yes, you can stand in the reading of the word of God. That's a good custom. And it reads, a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. 
And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. I want you to extend a hand towards this preacher. And I want you to pray blessings and anointing on me. Because I want to deliver the word of God with fervency, with anointing and effect. Extend a hand towards me. Pray for me right now. God, I lift my spirit up to you. Take over, God. Let it be your word. Let it be your voice that now goes forth to this congregation. Place a heavy anointing on my heart because I feel this message so strongly. Let me minister your word with fervency, with anointing and effect. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. May be seated. 27 years ago in Washington, D.C., at the annual national prayer breakfast that's held annually at the Hilton Hotel, the speaker they had that year was a doctor. Usually they would have someone that had kind of a religious persuasion, but th this, this year they actually chose a doctor. His name was Bill Fritzk, and he was uh, a, a thoracic surgeon meaning he performed 150 heart transplant surgeries in his lifetime. He went on to be the great senator of the great state of Tennessee for many, many years. But he was the one that spoke that year at that national prayer breakfast. And this is what he said. He talked almost in a reverent tone. He talked about the moment when a heart has been grafted into a new body. And then he went on to say that, that this heart that is not beating grafted into a new body, when the heart started to beat, the surgical team would cheer. They would literally cheer because it takes about 100 people to perform a heart transplant surgery. The operating theater is huge, and what they would do when the heart started to beat is they would, they would rejoice and celebrate and cheer in that, in that arena, that operating arena. It kind of reminds me of a church setting. Look around you. This is the family of the transplanted. This is the family right here of the transplanted. Look around you. Because every one of us that's here remember that moment when we knelt at an altar and God filled us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which was like God's heart being transplanted into yeah. us at that moment. I've celebrated so many times with people who had that heart transplant surgery at a Pentecostal altar. I have rejoiced many, many times because for me it's thrilling because now it is like a brand new life. A brand new life. Bill Fritz went on to say in that prayer breakfast, he said that it is a the heart transplant and the heart start to beat in a new body. He said it is a miracle of modern medicine. It's a miracle. They, they can't explain how a heart that's not beating can be placed inside of a chest of a new person and the heart starts to beat. It's a modern miracle and they can't explain how it happens or why it happens. So a heart transplant is a miracle of modern medicine. What is the heart? The heart is physically, it's, it's a physical pump. Day in and day out, it pumps 5,000 quarts of blood through 60,000 miles of blood vessels, capillaries, and arteries. It pumps that blood day in and day out. 5,000 quarts a day pumps through your body. You have five quarts of blood, but it's pumped 
5,000 times it's pumped through your body. That is a miracle. A heart is a miracle. But yet, they tell us, medicine tells us that a heart has a mind of its own. It has a mind of its own. Studies suggest that the heart secretes its own brain-like hormones. And it secretes its own memory. Your heart has a mind of its own. And I don't know if you guys are super spiritual. You may not remember a Bonnie Raitt song years ago. But Bonnie Raitt, which she's amazing for her age, she, she, she sung this song that said, I can't make you love me even if I try. You can't make your heart feel something it won't. A heart has a mind of its own. It has a mind that secretes its own memory. It's all of this is done through your heart. And so it, it, it doesn't seem strange to me that the first time you come into a Pentecostal service, there's kind of a strangeness to that. Why? Because you have a stony heart. You do not have the heart of God. You have a stony heart that's inside of you. And, and, and you can't make that heart feel something that it won't. Because your heart has its, its mind of its own. Now, so a heart transplant surgery, they tell us, is a metaphysical miracle. What does metaphysical mean? Reality outside of human perception. Because the mind, the heart, has a mind of its own. That's why someone that has a heart transplant surgery all of a sudden has feelings they've never had before. They have cravings they have never had before. They have these feelings that they've never had. Why? Because they now have a different heart. And the heart secretes its own memory and its own preferences and its own desires. I remember I was just a boy of 12 years old, San Jose, California, and my parents started going to this church on Sunday morning. It was Papa Shoemake's church in San Jose, California. And I remember just going on Sunday morning. We were, we were the Sunday morning specials, and back in that day, they had church almost every night of the week, and, but we would just go on, on Sunday morning. And then this guy by the name of Verbal Bean came to town, and he started preaching a revival, and now all of a sudden... I'm going Sunday morning, I'm going Sunday night, and I'm going every night of the week. And I didn't like it. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it at all because I kind of felt like the people that were in that church were just a little bit cray-cray. And, and I, I, remember, I remember Sister Wilson. She always seemed to be either behind me or in front of me, and she sung in this high voice, does anybody remember the old song, Stairway to Heaven? I'm on the stairway to heaven tonight. I'm climbing higher and higher each day. And when I reach the upper stair, I'll step inside the pearly gates. I'm on the stairway of heaven tonight. Anybody? Wow, I'm an antique. I'm a fossil. I thought some of these seniors would, would remember that old song here. but Not even them. Not even them. Okay, yeah. You're a fossil. And so Sister Wilson had a real high voice. And this is how, how she sung. And it, it would just, it would raise me up off of my chair. I'm on the stairway to heaven tonight. I've got it higher and higher each day. And I thought, oh my God, let her get to the top of the stairway quick. 
and, and I, I, I couldn't understand it. And then and, and, and the people were clapping and jumping and singing. And man, I just, I, I, I didn't understand it. So in this revival, my whole family received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. All of them was filled, including myself. I remember the night I was in the altar. See, back in that day, you, you wore 501 Levi's that you didn't launder. You bought them. They were stiff to start with. And, buddy, when they, they got so stiff because you never launder, they would stand up in the corner and just jump into them. <laughs> and, of course, you had to cut the belt loops off. And I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking the 60s. You guys weren't even born then. Okay? And, 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 and I, I remember that. I, I was wearing 501s. And I was wearing Converse, black Converse tennis shoes. Rick Warren think he invented those? No, no, no. I wore those in 1960, the night I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I know what I was wearing. I know what I was wearing. But the problem with that, seven nights, it was a problem. Seven nights, I'd go to the altar, and Sister Wilson would be in my ear. And this is what she'd be saying. Praise him, Dickie! Praise him, Dickie! Praise him, Dickie! Praise him, Dickie! I, I want to turn around and say, I'm doing my best to just give me a break. Cut me some slack. <laughs> and, oh, that night. That night when Sister Wilson was right there in her high-pitched voice. That night that I got a heart transplant. That night that God filled me with his spirit and I got a heart transplant. I have never been the same. November 1960 and it's still just as real more so today than it was then. The great appreciation and the thankfulness that I have that my God loved me so much. Look around you. This is the family of the transplanted. It's happened for many of us and that's why we act like we act. That's why we sing like we sing. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we give it our very best because we are so thankful that God has filled us and given us His heart. And what now breaks the heart of God breaks our heart because we have the heart of God inside of us. There was a man that wrote a book about heart transplant recipients, and he, he went to their he went to their their banquets that they would have, and 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 this is what he walked away with, because he said that when he went to this 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 banquet, he was moved by their profound appreciation for life, because they had now had someone else's heart and they had a profound appreciation for life and then he went on to say that he was he was he was moved by the fact that many of them said thank god now i have a second chance at life and then they expressed a profound appreciation to their donor When God filled me with the Spirit, He gave me His heart, heart transplant. Yes. And now I have such a profound appreciation for the God that gave me His heart. That's why I worship 
like I worship. That's why sometimes I cry because I feel this great appreciation for my God. That's why the minute the service starts, your hand should be in the air. Your voice should be lifted. The minute the service starts, you should be praising and magnifying your God because he's given you his heart and you have a second chance at life. And now you have this profound honor and appreciation for the God that gave you his heart. Many years ago, I was preaching a revival for Brother Slack in Sydney, Australia. And back in the day when you could go to the gate, these Australians, they would, they would accompany right up to the plane. They, they, they loved us being there so much, and we loved them so much. And so Brother Slack, the pastor of the Sydney church in Australia, took me to the airport, and, and, and he, he said, we got a little quick bite before the flight. He said, you are standing right on the exact spot that Lee Stone King had his heart attack. I thought they should have had a shrine there. But I, I, I was standing on the exact spot that Lee Stone King had his heart attack in the Sydney airport. And the problem is the fact that whenever they came to, 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 to uh, hit his heart, he, he, they didn't put anything behind his head and so every time they hit him which was seven times they hit him with that fibrillator seven times and his head would come up and hit the cement so brother stone king actually had more damage from his head than he did from his heart that that recovered and i i thought about that kind of in a spiritual tone sometimes we get cold towards god Sometimes in our walk with God, we, we, we kind of get a little bit cold and, and we, we don't have that, that, warm, that warm feeling any longer. And, and I, I compare it to this. It's like whenever we come into a service, it's like God has a heavenly fibrillator and, and, he, and he hits our heart if it's moving a little bit slow. Yes. Boom. That's why we have special meetings. That's why at this church we have special gatherings. Because in those gatherings, God many times will get us back to where we need to be. He'll get that heart regulated again. Oh, how I long, how I long, how I long for God to touch me one more time. How I long to feel that heavenly touch of heaven one more time. It can happen right now, right where you're sitting. It can happen right now where you're at. God can reach down and touch you because he wants you to feel what he feels. His heart. New feelings, new emotions, new cravings. So what I used to hate, going to church, all of a sudden now, you couldn't keep me out of church. 12-week revival every night. We're talking the early days of Pentecost here, folks. Twice on Sunday and every night of the week. We're going to church eight times. I used to hate it, but when the revival closed, I cried. Why? Because now, 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 I have God's heart. When you look, when you look at the world around you, when you look at the people that are hurting around you, what they need is God's heart, and you have God's heart. What they need is for you to tell them 
how great God is, how great God has been in your life. You need to tell them how your life has changed and tell them that there can be new hope. I, I, I love this woman. 53 years, December 20. 53 years married to the same woman. And, and, I, and I love her even more. But what's so amazing about her is she is a soul magnet. This is COVID days. We're sitting in, in Menlo Park on, on a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Morgan Hill on a, a sidewalk because the tables were all outside in restaurants. And we're sitting there and there's this guy sitting one table over. He's totally covered in tats. He has tattoos everywhere. And he throws his napkin towards the trash can, which is about 15 foot away, and he misses the trash can with his napkin. This is Nanny Bones. I can't believe a guy with that many tats would miss that shot. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, this is going to be really good or really bad. The guy starts laughing. Pretty soon his beautiful wife and young daughters come up, sit at the table. Then the conversation starts up. Oh, yeah, we know exactly where you live. We, my, my daughters have renamed your horses. I don't know what their names are, but our daughter, my daughter's given your horses names because I drive by there every day to take them to school. And, and then the conversation strikes up, and, and I tell him, hey, we're launching a church out of our home. And, and then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he looks at me and he said, I've been praying that someone would teach me the word of God. Will you teach me the Bible? Amen. Yeah. I'm in, the, I'm in the business. I'll do it. Come to find out, he's a captain in the San Jose PD. Captain. Only seven captains in the San Jose PD. He's a captain. He's over homicide. He's the, he's the, big, the big dude. And he's got 162 cops below him. You know who teaches him Bible studies in my office, in my home? You know who's teaching him Bible studies now? And now he said, he said, Pastor, he said the other day some of my policemen, some of my officers said, why are you studying the Bible? Why are you going to that guy's house? He said, number one, I need that guy in my life. He's my mentor. And number two, he's teaching me the word of God, and I love the word of God. He's been able to witness on the job because they brought it up. <laughs> Isn't that how God works? And he doesn't, he doesn't want to stop the Bible studies. And you, and, you, and you can Google his name, Jason Dreyer. You can Google his name. He's, he's legit. He's the real deal. But the point I'm making is they need what you have. I don't care if they're a captain in the San Jose PD or homeless. They need what you have. It is your responsibility to let the heart of God pour out to these people that are hurting. Don't be afraid. Don't be nervous. God will give you the words to say. All they want to know is if you love them. They really don't want to know how much you know in the word of God. They don't care how much you know until they realize how much you care. Right? Do something great this year, the close of this year, and the start of the new year for the kingdom of God. Teach somebody the precious word of God yeah. and let God's heart that beats in you yeah. reach out to them. And now I turn this over to Nan, my precious wife of 53 years, and I want her to come and wrap it up. Doing it all, but I'm, I am going to tell you a story, and then we're going to close. Baby, I love to hear you preach. 
I've been hearing you preach for 53 years, and I love it. You're my favorite. So all I know is that if we have God's heart, he will open the door for us. That's all. If you have God's heart, we don't have to be perfect. And actually, it's better if we're not perfect. Because people know if you're a holier-than-thou religious cleric or whatever. And the world doesn't want that. They want somebody that's real. They want somebody that's failed and got up and kept trying. They want somebody that's genuine. The other day I was on a flight to New York with my girlfriend. We were going to go for three days and just have fun. And I got up to go to the restroom and my boot caught in the seatbelt and I did a face plant right in the aisle in front of the entire airplane. And I couldn't get up. You know, they've been shrinking those aisles and the airplanes. And they're so small, you can hardly get through them. Well, I was face planted. I couldn't get up. I'd hurt my knee real bad. <clears throat> so there was a man that had been sitting behind me this whole flight. He had his hat on backwards. He was tatted up. And that was the one that rescued me. Like a crane, he lifted me up out of the aisle and put me in my seat in the the flight attendants were so sweet and they got me eyes for my knee and whatever and I started talking to him and I said I, I can't even thank you enough thank you for lifting me up because we'd have to wait till we landed to get me out of there because I, I couldn't get up and he started he said so you and your friend are pastors and I said yes we are and he said oh cool um, you know we were talking on and I said so what are you doing and he said well, I'm so excited, I'm going to Madison Square Gardens and I'm going to watch a fight. And I said, that is bad to the bone cool. Are you here with friends? No, I'm by myself. I said, well, me and my friend Janet, we're going to see the Rockettes. And would you like to go with us? And she was dying. Her face turned sheet white. Her son is a sheriff with the Alameda Police Department. And so she's like... You know, she was like, I couldn't believe you did that. You invited this strange guy. And, and he looks like he might have come from some really serious stuff. And you invited him to go. And I said, yes, yes, yes. I didn't give him where we're staying at the hotel. I just gave him the phone number. So he says, name is Lawrence. Lawrence says, look, let's go to dinner. I'll take you anywhere you want to go in Manhattan. He said, pick the best place ever. Well, that's exactly what I did. I picked the most fabulous steak supper club. I mean, it was class. Well, my poor friend, she, Pastor, she's having a heart failure. She cannot believe I've invited this strange young guy to go to dinner with us. But here's the thing, you guys, you beautiful people this morning. When you have the heart of God, you talk to a Samaritan woman at the well even though it's not appropriate and you're going to be misunderstood, it is worth taking the risk to have the heart of God to talk to somebody that needs him, that needs hope. And so I picked out the most fabulous steak supper club right down the block from the Rockettes. And I said, okay, let's meet at 5 o'clock, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know what was going to happen. 
but I knew that God had let this circumstance happen. You know that when we walk in the divine moment of his provision, he opens supernatural doors for us to talk to people. We don't have to be afraid. And so Janet and I, we're all dressed up, all gussied up for old ladies. You know, we're, we're trying to be all gussied up and beautiful as we can be. And uh, we wait on him, and I'm like, what if he's not coming? And all of a sudden, the door opens to that steak supper club in Manhattan. And this gorgeous man walks in in the most beautiful clothes. Like his slacks look like they could melt. They were like silk and butter. Gorgeous. And he walks in and, and he says, Madam, Madam, you ready for dinner? The maitre d' comes. He has one of those gorgeous things draped across his arm. Comes and sits us at a fabulous table. Lawrence says, anything on the menu, you girls order. And I said, well, I love ribeye, but these are $75 a piece. And he said, get it. And I said, Janet and I are going to split. And we, we just started talking. And I said, so Lawrence, tell me about your life. What's been going on? What's happening? I don't know him from Adam, just from the plane when he saved my life. And he said, well... I just got out of San Quentin. <laughs> and my girlfriend, that her son is the sheriff of Alameda County, she starts kicking my leg. I think I'm going to get a blood clot. <laughs> She's kicking me so hard. Like I told you, I told you, because she was saying that in the hotel room. What if he's a murderer? So I said, oh my, well, okay. What'd you do, murder somebody? And he said, yes. Yes, I did. I just got the bracelet off of my ankle, and I'm celebrating. I'm going to Madison Square Gardens to watch a fight. And I said this, Lawrence, this is not just by happenstance or chance. Because God has his hand on your life. You are going to be able to bring people to Jesus that have lost all hope that have lost their way, that their life is so broken, it doesn't look like anything good will ever happen. Lawrence, God let me fall on my face in that airplane so that we could go out and have a good dinner and I could talk to you about the Savior that wants to rescue your life. Yeah. You know, it would seem ridiculous that we, these two older women would be going out. And we went to Rockettes, and he sat a few rows. He was so kind, loved him. Afterwards, we're texting, and I just kept encouraging him to find a church, find Jesus, live for him. He's going to work out the details. You're going to get your baby girl back that is three years old because there is hope in Jesus Christ. So here's the deal, my family. Here's the deal. Jesus wants us to have his heart. He wants us to lay our head across the hearts of men and women that are so broken and lost. And we, he wants us to somehow for us to be able 
to give them the hope of the gospel. And when we hear their heart, it becomes the heart of God. He wants us to be so sensitive to others. It does not matter where we are. I was flying on the plane the other day. Richard M. and I were flying. And for some reason, are we out of time? I know we're almost out of time. We got to go. We got to eat, you guys. We got got some good food back there. I saw it. Wow. But they had put these people aside, and we're loading on the plane. And and but I felt so bad for them. They were set aside, and everybody loaded on the plane, but them. They have two little kids. Well, we get on the plane, and I'm sitting there on the aisle, and I'm sitting by these two millennials. And you know, baby doll, I I got some interesting things to say, and and I tried to talk to them. And I'm, I was just sitting there, you know, and listening to their conversation, and they were talking, 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 this man, this woman, they're, they're so smart and brilliant. And, and so I tried to add something that I knew about what they're, t- and they ignored me. Like I was so old that I didn't have anything worthy to add to that conversation. So I kept watching the woman up there on the aisle. Richard M. was sitting right in front of me. He's studying for a sermon. He's got his ear things on. He's writing, writing. And, and I see her, and so finally I get up and I go up to the seat, and I turn around to the whole, whole plane can see me. I'm going to pour out love on them right now. And so, can I get down here? How do I go? i got to be careful now. I can't just jump off stages anymore like I used to. And, and uh, so I, I went and I stood right by her. Here's her row. And I went, I've been, I noticed that your baby is so fussy. You have a baby? No. Okay, a grandson, grandchild, it's okay, whatever. Do you know how fussy babies can be? Yes, you do. So I said, I, I know that you have had this baby fussing. I've been watching you for the last 45 minutes. And, and uh, could, I, could I maybe take the baby and help her? And she said, see, because on international flights, that's kind of what I do. I go around the plane, I look for mothers. Their arms are worn out. They've been fussing with the baby 10 hours. And I'll just say, you know, I have 15 grandkids. I can, I, I'll be glad to take your baby. This is something that I do. So she said, oh, I, I would love you to, but she won't go to strangers. And I said, well, is it okay if I just try? And, and so she said, sure. And so I went, come on, baby, come to nanny. And she went, And so I stood there, and, and I, you know, just kind of rocked her like you do when babies are fussy, and pretty soon she settles down. And I'm talking to these people. And, and so I, I said, so where are you guys from? And, and they said, oh, we're from Cairo, Egypt. And I said, well, what are you doing here in the Silicon Valley? And he said, oh, we were just, I just got a great job with Google, high up, you know, whatever. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, well, we were in Cairo. We had grandkids and family. And so we're talking back and forth, and and uh, so anyway, I said, well, you're, you're moving here to the Bay Area. And, and I said, do you know anybody? And he said, no, we don't know. He said, would you mind? I, we just love talking to you. So they scooted over and let me sit down. And now we're talking. We're just shooting the breeze and talking about their life and whatever. And uh, I said, do you know anybody in the Bay Area? This is having the heart of God. This is what I'm talking about right now. This is the heart of God, okay? Because it's not comfortable. It's a little bit scary even. Like what is going to happen? Me being like completely open. And I said, you don't know anybody in the San Francisco Bay Area? Well, now you know me. And you can come and move into our house. I have an extra bedroom. 
and you could just come in and move until your your they were doing a big shipping thing till it gets here from Cairo. You can live with this. I have my car. You can drive my car. You don't even have to rent a car, but you can just move in with us. That man started weeping. And he said, is everybody like this in the United States? No. <laughs> you guys. And I went and I sat back on that row and I lifted up Richard in earphones and I said, baby, guess what? He said, what? And I said, I just told those people they could move in with us. <laughs> and he said, of course you did. And then I sat by those millennials. I sat down by them, and and uh, I was I was just sat, to, you know, because they're they didn't want me in their conversation. Man, they leaned over to me and said, "What did they say?" And I said, "Well, I just invited them to come and live with us. That he's got a big high up job and job in Google, and I told them they could move into our house, drive my car." They were so stunned. They said, who are you? <laughs> We've got to have the heart of God. We've got to reach this world. We've got to let them know that we love them. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they come from. We've got to pour out the love of Jesus Christ and let them know they are so precious. They are so precious to us and to Jesus. Everyone stand, please. I challenge you today to become the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. I challenge you today to be the heart of God for this world that is so in need of his love. He will give you the courage and what you need if you'll just say to him, Jesus, I want your heart. Would you lift your hand to him right now? I'm going to play a song. Huh? Jesus, I need your heart. This is the air I breathe This is the air I breathe Sing it with me Your holy presence Living in is my daily bread this is my daily bread your very word spoken to me now here's what I feel like we should do pastors it's okay I'd like for all of you to come forward as a family. If you'll just come up around the front, come as a family. 
And as you come, we are saying, I care about the world. I care about my family. I care about the brokenness of those at my work. I care about those that I pass on the street. I want to have the heart of God. I want it so strong that his presence pours out healing on those around me. That's the way I want my life. Don't you want your life to be that? The love of Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hands? There's tears streaming down the faces of you beloved people. Just make a new commitment. for you yes and I I'm lost without you that's right open your mouth and say Jesus I'm desperate for you I want to bring your word I want to bring your presence I want to bring that one that heals the hopelessness of people. Speak through me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Let me be your instrument of love in this world that is such need and such desperate need. Oh, and I, I'm desperate for you. For you and I, I'm lost without you, lost without you, Jesus. What an incredible message! Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.